Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from some of the top achievers in our home state of South Carolina. These neighbors of ours will also share their time-tested personal philosophies and solutions to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. Our guest today lives in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. He is a founder and partner at Palmetto Private Equity. He's funny, and he doesn't mind ruffling feathers or stirring the pot if it helps bring more joy and wisdom into the world. Welcome to the show, my friend, Sean Strube. Hey, Sean. Hey, how are you? Doing good, man. Dude, Sean, uh, one of the things that my listeners are always clamoring for, because uh, right, mainly because right now in society, times are tough. A lot of people are going through a lot of challenges, a lot of setbacks, a lot of hardships. Um, and they want to, first of all, know that they're not alone. But second of all, they want to hear from other people who've been there, done that, gone through some 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 challenges and have come out of the other side and hear their their story. So I know you've got a, a couple of stories on deck that you've you've gone through some struggles in your life, uh, personal, professional, and you've come out of the other end. And man, you've you've gotten some big realizations. Would you mind sharing at least one of your stories with us? Kind of some uh, challenges you've gone through? Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the one that is most relevant and on top of my mind and everything that's uh, basically was the motivation for everything that I've now been endeavoring on um, since the beginning of this year and late last year um, would be that I went through a divorce separation and a divorce um, was with this person for total by the time the divorce was final, it was 14 years um, married for three of those Um but but that was that was a very very difficult dark rough yeah. time in my life and that all started um, fall of twenty twenty one um, would have been during COVID um, that didn't help a lot of things um, yeah the stresses were at an all time high with yeah everybody. I can't imagine you're you're going through this separation and divorce and you're having to stay away from everybody uh, be isolated feeling, feeling alone and loneliness. I'm sure that that's, uh, can be crippling. Oh, oh yeah. Cause when, when I was going through it, I, I basically detached and separated, like you said, from everybody, I stopped networking. I stopped going out. Um, I became a recluse, a hermit. Like if you saw me, you were coming over to my house to hang out or it was very rare if you caught me out and about. And if it was, it was at my like couple spots that I was that if you knew me, you knew you could probably find me there. But right. Um, I credit um, getting through that to March 3rd through 5th of last year, I went to a retreat, like 20, 30 other business owners, high level people. Um, um, and, and finally opened up um, around some like campfire and talks and discussions about what I was going through. And that was the first time that I had like openly talked about it to strangers. And it was the most like relaxing, empowering cathartic. Um, I just instantly felt a, a weight that was lifted once once I got that off my chest to them and realized that that was what was truly holding you back was the changes and everything that I was afraid of. Yeah. So starting then, um, got done with that. Then March 23rd, um, my divorce was finalized and 
And once it was finalized, I stopped since that day, that retreat. I haven't had a heartburn. Um, I can't give it to myself. I've started working out, running, eating, cooking, um, taking supplements, vitamins, um, uh, reading every day, um, working out every single day almost, um, training for um, half marathon and marathons now. Yeah. So all of that just was was all all came from from that one single moment, that three day retreat that came and put it into words like it, it it truly changed it for the better. And then the beginning of this year, I really just decided that we're going to make complete changes to my life. Um, I stopped smoking cigarettes. Um, and and that just in itself has unlocked a whole nother level of potential of yeah. energy, not being groggy, not being foggy, um, being able to breathe better, sleep better. Um, also started going to a chiropractor to help my back, which during this whole thing, I also found out that my L5 and S1, there's no cartilage there anymore. And so there's four grades of this and I'm a grade two, which uh, my friend that's a chiropractor and 25 plus years of doing it has only seen one other person with the same thing at the same uh, level of degradation as my back. Wow. And that person had to have back surgery. So once I found that out, that motivated me to, motivated me to start working out, get weight off me because my back can't support it. Um, all doing that has helped me sleep better again, feel better. Um, running has helped tremendously. Man, I'll tell you, it's it's amazing that this retreat. I wanna I wanna dive into that a little bit here, Sean, because I've I see a lot of posts on social media from uh, motivational mindset or uh, I don't know what you would call it, stoic philosophy and stuff. And a lot of them say, "Don't ever share your struggles with people." And I just, man, that just never hit me the right way. It doesn't. And and I feel like as a man, especially men in society that that are that were raised as manly men, we were taught that we were taught don't cry, don't share your struggles with other people. But it's it's the opposite of true success. Like you said, you got your breakthrough when you finally decided these people you didn't even know. And I think you probably got the courage to do it because you're like, man, I'll probably I've never met him before. I'll never see him again. But you opened up. And you got that catharsis. You got this thing off your chest. You were able to talking about it with another human being. You know, I realized that life is not meant to be lived alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we can share each other's burdens, they become lighter. Absolutely. Right. So talk, talk a little bit about that, because I'm sure that that took a little bit of courage for you've been, you'd probably been bottling that up for a long time. I mean, 14 years with a person going through that, Going through the COVID, man, that had that that hits hard. And then you've got your male pride too, right? Your ego. I want to hold this. I want everyone on the outside to to see like seem like I'm still got my stuff together, right? Yeah, basically, I'm just putting on a mask every day and just hoping nobody sees through the bullshit. Right, but it wasn't until you took that mask off that you got some real healing. That you got some real breakthroughs. Oh yeah. So what, what motivated you to take that mask off in front of these people you didn't even know? Like, how, how did you find that courage? Well, it was, it had to do with the fact that 
we were at this like campfire powwow sharing stories and stuff and other people were sharing stuff that was very personal and like wow i would not expect you know somebody to be sharing stuff that personal that close that deep stuff that as as been like we don't usually talk about that, like you said, but once I heard yeah. everybody else doing that, I just got up the courage. And I was like, I'm going to lay all this out there. And boy, was I glad that I did. Because then from that point on, when, when we were opening up and sharing more and other um, activities and, and things like that and talks, discussions, it allowed me to open up even more because I'd already done it the first time that it just started coming naturally. Yeah. So, and it wasn't. And, and do you think that there was... <laughs> That the opening up itself that you got wisdom from other people or do you think that it was just the fact that you were able to open up and get it off your chest that really helped you get your breakthrough was it was the wisdom you were getting back or was it i would say it was the the fact that people there weren't gonna judge you mm. like we're we were all at very high levels and different points and and whatnot with businesses and doing different things that you know, people at these levels, again, like you said, don't open up and to see people at those levels open up inspired me to open up. And one of the best decisions I did, um, I want to hit back on your point about um, people thinking it's like a sign of failure to, you know, talk about these things. I think it's the most empowering thing. And like the best thing you can do is to actually open up and tell something personable and relatable that most people don't talk about because you're going to help so many other people with your story, get that courage potentially to do the same thing and address issues that they've been, you know, suppressing, you know, compartmentalizing, you know, putting off, brushing under the rug. Yeah. Showing vulnerability, you know, our, uh, one of, one of the last podcasts that I published was a, a guy named Neil Campbell. And uh, he had gone through drug addiction for severe and throughout his life and some other different sexual abuse and stuff. And when he shared his story on the podcast, it was literally the first time he's ever shared it in a public setting. And he's he has gotten so much amazing positive feedback from that, that it is uh, it's blown me away. Like you said, that we're, we're hearing that we need to keep things uh, hidden, that we need mm-hmm. to uh not be vulnerable, but man, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. I think that God, God created us with the, with this empathy that we want to help other people. We want to be understood. We want to be heard. And if you have, if you feel like you have to go out wearing that, that mask, right? You called it a fake mask every single day, Mm -hmm. man, it just makes you feel you, you get home and you just feel more depressed. Exhausted too, because you've been and acting all day long that you get home and you're finally yourself, but you can't even be yourself because you're exhausted from being somebody else. It's exhausting. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. Um, And so, so you, so that was March 3rd and you made some big changes there. You got this catharsis. And then later in the year, what, what uh, was it the beginning of this past year that you decided to quit smoking and all that kind of stuff? What led to yeah, that? The beginning of this year was when like the catalyst was the, the quitting of smoking after smoking since I was 19 and a half. So like 15 and a half, 15 years wow. at that point. And I just called Turkey quit and said, yep, this is the time I'm actually quitting. I'm serious about it. No more. That's cool. It was a fun run. Now it's time to get serious about my health, get back in shape. And, and rediscover who I am because I let myself go for so long, stopped doing things that made me happy 
Um, one of those being working out because I was an athlete growing up my my whole life. So um, that's another big reason I got back because I just felt like I wasn't being true to myself. Like I enjoy yeah. working out. I enjoy doing stuff, being active. And I just become like, for all intents and purposes, I become a sloth. Well, I think it goes back, Sean, to the fact that you're pretending to be something for everyone else. So mm. then you can't be your true self. You can't be true to yourself. And then you're you're putting all of that energy, all that anxiety, all of that uh, exhaustion into things that aren't healthy for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Because because we're exhausted at the end of the day, we're like, well, how uh, I'll just eat a double bacon cheeseburger. You know, I, I'm too exhausted to eat. Well, it's it's too hard. It's too or I'll, I'll just keep smoking. I'll drink. I'll do, you know, that's, it leads to all kinds of different things, man. It can be a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. So, so breaking out of it, number one, part, the, the first step for you was just being real, mm-hmm. being real, being true, letting people see, take the mask off and let people see who you really were. Now, I guess that there's probably a caveat in that because you have to be careful who you do that around too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Through the, through the divorce and some people told me not everybody needs to know my business. And I started cutting off right. people like some people knew parts of it. Some people knew other parts. There was very, very, very few people. And I can literally count on one hand that knew everything that was going on and all the pieces that they could connect it. And if they didn't like me and I did something wrong, decided to, you know, turn on me, could have could have made me look really, really bad and, you know, right. like a terrible person. <laughs> But but you knew you were in a safe environment when you did this, when you shared yeah. this. Yes. So yes. that's that's definitely that. something good for our listeners to, to understand that environment and who you share with does matter. Know, know that it has to be somebody that isn't going to judge you, that isn't going to use it against you. I mean, for, maybe, for instance, um, an example, too, of like when you're saying be careful around anybody. But at the same time, during all this, I mean, I had random conversations with like, random people that I knew I would never see again, didn't even knew, know me or whatever, changed, used my middle name instead of, you know, my actual name or whatever. But there was something very cathartic and just talking to a random stranger that I would, I would never, I did that a couple of times, but is it's interesting to say the least, not something that I'm going to go and do every single day, but it, it helped me realize it grow too. That, yeah. Which, which, which kind of lends credence to, there's nothing wrong with seeking uh, therapy, right? Because this is a person that you know you can trust that's not going to judge you, that is not going to use it against you. Sometimes the the therapist may be a total stranger that doesn't know you outside of that environment at all. So there's, no, I don't think that there's any, some people view that as being weak too. And I think that that's wrong. I think that that seeking therapy, seeking help, whether even on a professional level, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. If you don't, if you don't seek help for the things that that are weaknesses, then those weaknesses are going to continue to compound in your daily life on the things that you want to maximize, and they're going to they're going to deter and detract from from what you're trying to accomplish, and in, and you probably aren't going to realize it until it's too late. Then you've got to go back and change all those years of bad habits and things that you were doing instead of just addressing it when you realize it. You know, yeah. you and, and I think that the that downside is that. that- especially us men, we, we view that if I need help, then I'm weak. I should be able to do this on my own. And I don't know where we got that from. Where did we get that from that? We should be able to, I should be able to do all that. I should be able to take care of this on my own. I should be able to beat drugs or smoking or overeating or addictions. I should be able to beat this on my own. What, where did we get that from? 
I, I think it goes back to what you said, the male pride and ego thing over yeah. here. How we were taught and grown up that that's that's a sign of weakness. But if you, again, if you don't address your weaknesses and somebody knows them, they can exploit those weaknesses against you. So wouldn't you want to fix your weaknesses so you have less of them? Right. And I think that that even if you're looking at it really deep, Sean, I don't think that it's necessarily weaknesses. It's just we're we all have them. Mm-hmm. Right. So we And I think that I like to look at it as we all have different strengths. Right. I don't know what Sean's strengths are unless I can share my strengths and share where I'm not strong. Um, and maybe Sean's strengths can supplement and can complement where I'm not strong. Mm-hmm. And it's. I think that because we identify those things and look at it as if there's something wrong with us and we're broken, that's why we want to hide them. Instead of just realizing that we're not alone. Other people are going through this too. Just because you're dealing with one thing, uh, I like to think of it as, who was it? My brother-in-law or or maybe my brother said that everybody sins different, right? Everybody's got their different weaknesses. Just because mine may be obvious and yours may not be, well, you've got your stuff you're dealing with too. Mm -hmm. So if we can learn to not judge each other, but be able to open up and share that everybody's got their, everybody's got their own journey. And that's really the point of this podcast is to hear people's journey and to hear what they're going through. Um, but, but dude, I'm excited. I never want to cheer on and be excited for somebody going through shit, but at the same time, it's made you a better person. Oh yeah. With, without a doubt. I thought it was a failure for the longest time that I got divorced and everything, but I just realized that it was just another opportunity to grow take what I learned from it and, and going forward, make sure those things don't happen again. But and Sh- Sean's better because you went through that. Yeah. With, without a doubt. Right. Definitely sucked, hated it, but I'm definitely yeah. stronger and better because of it. It's not something you'd ever wish on anybody or pray for, but at the same time, those, those struggles and those journeys, if you can, if you can get to that point where Sean did, if you can get to that point where you say, Hey, I need to lay this out and I need to bear this, bear my soul and figure out what's the lesson I need to learn from this. And your lesson was that you weren't being true to yourself. Your lesson was that you weren't, that you were, you were exhausting yourself being a fake version of Sean. And so that, that gets us to our kind of our talking point here today. I know you wanted to share one of your, your key principles of success. You, you talked about kind of keeping a balance and that it's not just, I know for the first maybe half of your life or, or maybe more, more than that, you were just chasing finances, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what do you, so how do you define success now then? Not, not just by, by how, how much you're making. Um, I think it has to go back to all the changes and everything I've done that have made me realize that financial success is like middle of the pack. Now I want my health is real wealth. Um, my, my physical health, my emotional health, my mental, mental health, um, my spiritual health. Like if you got, if you got your mind, your heart and your soul all in alignment, then, then you're going to have success no matter what. But if one of those is off or two of those are off, if they're all off and none of them are in, in sync, then you're never going to really truly find success. So you've just got to balance based on yourself. What does success look like to you? And it could be a combination of all those factors, you know, interchangeably ordered, dependent upon each each individual person. Yeah. And I think that some people are a rock star in one category, but not so much in another. So, again, it goes back to the vulnerability 
being okay with getting help in whatever other category. If if you're a rock star, uh, you've got great physical health and you can go to the you go to the gym every day and it's no problem, but your mental health isn't good, well then don't feel don't feel don't feel bad about don't feel like you're broken that you have to go out there and get help with that. Or if your financial health isn't good, don't feel like you have to that there's a problem with going out there and getting help with that. Right. Um, and I so, think your help isn't a weakness. In fact, it's a sign of strength because you're you're strong enough to admit that you need help, and that gets back to the whole issue of you can put your pride aside and ask for help when when you actually need it. Right. Because the truth is, if the roles were reversed, man, you'd go out of your way and help other people. It's just in oh, our I DNA all the time when I can. You know. Yeah. It's in our DNA, man. We can't, we've got this hero mentality. Like we want to help other people, but at the same time, we also look at ourselves like, well, I'm above that. I don't need anybody to help me. Mm-hmm. Or so, you know, I'm better than that. If I do that, that makes me weak. I don't want to be weak. You know, why do we feel that man? When everyone who thinks that every single person who thinks that myself included, you included that I, I, I can't get anybody else to help me. You would drop everything to help somebody else. Sometimes a random stranger. Right. Sometimes somebody you don't even know, but definitely the people you care about. So why do we not have good energy back into the universe and the world? And that's going to come back to me tenfold. So why do I want to put out negative energy when it's much easier to put out good energy, do good deeds, help people out? And, you know, just by the law of attraction and and everything and vibrational frequencies, like it's going to come back to you. You know, I love it. I love it. No, you're totally right. And, And it's every single religion believes that, Sean, it's. We, we call it vibration or law of attraction. Uh, Christians will call it sowing and reaping. Uh, you know, you've got Dharma and karma. So every single religion, every single, even atheists believe that what you get, what you give is what you get. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we need to take more advantage of that. Just start giving more, just start giving more, but also don't feel bad about receiving. Don't feel bad about having to, that, that you're wrong or that there, there's something broken about you that you need a, a period of your life where you need help. Um, there's been many periods. Everybody goes through their journeys. Everybody goes through their hills and valleys, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, you got to remember too, like you, you can't just give and give and give and give and give. You got to receive something back too at some points right. to replenish all the giving that you've done. Like, right. Otherwise you just wear yourself out. Right. Well, hey, let's 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 uh, dive into these uh, areas that you said are are your success. You talked about mental health. You talked about physical health. You talked about spiritual health. Um, what are you doing in each of these categories now? Because so, you've made a lot, man. You've made a lot of major changes here in the past year or two. What are some of the things you're doing as far as uh, your your physical health? You know, your training, right? So physical um, physical health um, mentioned earlier. I, I quit smoking cigarettes after 15 years, January first at literally midnight and one second after the ball dropped. When it was done, I literally had a pack of cigarettes. It was my original cigarettes because I've been smoking American spirits. So I had my last pack I smoked was Marlboro Spoons, which was my favorite ones. And each cigarette I smoked was like a mini headache. And I was just like, at midnight, I'm going to put my lighter in it and I'm going to hand it to a homeless person. Midnight struck, walked outside, put the lighter in it, handed it to a homeless person. I was like, Happy New Year, man. I quit smoking. Enjoy. So I did that. Um, I started cooking at home um, on, on a daily basis, you know, probably gone out and gotten food like maybe three or four times in the last month and a half, two months. Yeah. Um, 
than that running um, training for. Yeah, dude, you're doing uh, a lot of running. What? I see all your posts. I see your posts all the time. You're doing a lot of running. Oh yeah, because I'm training for a half marathon. Realized I can do that. Now I want to run a. I eventually want to qualify and run the Boston Marathon. So the ultimate goal of my physical is I want to run the Boston Marathon. Okay. Um, read a statistic nice. that. Don't don't hold me to it, but this is what I read and don't have the exact thing pulled up so I can quote it. But it said 1% of people will run a marathon out of that 0.26% will run the Boston Marathon. I, I want to wow. be a part of that like quarter percent of the population. Yeah, there you go. So that that's the aspect in, in physical. Um, also on physical, um, started seeing a chiropractor to help with my back and adjusted decompression, pulse therapy. Um, work tremendously, um, emotionally, um, working on, you know, keeping my emotions in checked in the moment, not letting them get the best of me, not, not acting on emotions, but taking a deep breath, coming back, wait until like that emotion has passed. Think about it logically and rationally, and then execute a plan of action after that, that wave of emotion has, has subsided. Um, as far as mental, um, that goes back to physical. Like I don't see a therapist. I run. That's my therapy. Cooking is my therapy. Yeah. Um, it relaxes me. It gives me time to just reboot, recenter, readjust, realign. And get, well, it, gives you, it gives you the endorphins, the oxytocin, the, uh, the dopamine. dopamine. Yeah. It yep. gives you all the stuff that you need. It gives you all the stuff that you're, that you're mentally and emotionally craving anyway. So going to therapy. Yeah. Getting a workout, getting <laughs> Getting good exercise is really one of the best forms of therapy. Yep, absolutely. And then, um, and, and the as, aspect of um, like personal development, um, every day I try to read for 30 minutes to an hour um, in a book, or whether that be, you know, articles related to business or things like just always trying to read for, for close to an hour a day. Um, yeah, and not just on Facebook. Yep. Yep. Not, not just taking it in from there, actually going out and searching for things that interest me and then going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole based on, nice. oh, okay, well, let's dive a little deeper into that. Nice. Um, spiritually, um, trying to get back into going to church regularly. Um, Got to get back in the habit of doing a devotional daily. Um, but all of, all of those things, doing that has made me happier as a person than just focusing on how much money I'm making because time is more valuable than money. And right now I have had the time to invest into myself and all these aspects and work on myself. So I think that's, that's way more valuable right now. Well, dude, I am, uh, for one, I'm proud of you for two, uh, for two, I am, uh, I'm excited about these changes and I'm, I appreciate you sharing them and being vulnerable with my audience, uh, being vulnerable with me, because we, you know, I really feel like Sean, more people need to hear your message to know that they're not alone. Other people are going through these. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to call it crisis of life or something, but the truth is, man, if we can realize that life isn't happening to us, but it's happening for us, right? Mm-hmm. Once you, once you can realize those things and be vulnerable seek help, man, we become better people because of it. We can get to the next valley and the, or the next, the next mountaintop and then the mm-hmm. next one and then the next one. Uh, but we all go through seasons of our life. So we, it helps us to not judge other people as they're going through their seasons. 
You know, even when we're on our mountaintop, you know, after you run your your Boston Marathon, looking at somebody else who's uh, going through their stuff and you're like, man, I was there. So I'm going to I'll have grace for them. I'll have mercy for them. I'll have understanding for that person because I've been there. So oh, yeah. uh, since since I went through the divorce, I think that's so many people I know that are now going through them and they're turning to me for for help and talking to me. And I mean, it, it feels good that I can help people get through these these crises, as you said, yeah, in their lives. find and find some peace and some joy in their life, even though in the midst of the chaos. Right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And in the chaos, there's always a silver lining. You just got to find it and use that as your life lesson to grow and become Dude, better. I love it. In the midst of the chaos, there's always a silver lining. I love it, Sean. I'm going to quote you on that. I appreciate uh, it. Hopefully, you right, got so, it <laughs> so let's let's wrap it up here. I want to hear about your companies, um, Palmetto Equity, and uh, give us give us all your stats. Where can people find you personally, Sean Scrub? Um, you're on all the social media. I see your your funny posts on Facebook all the time. I don't know if that's where you're at or uh, I'm TikTok mainly on or... Facebook. So you can find me at Sean M Strube on Facebook. You can find me on, on LinkedIn. I believe it's the same one, Sean M. Strube or just Sean Strube. Um, And then I have Instagram, Sean underscore Strube. Um, I have a Twitter. I think that's at Sean Jester Strube, if I remember correctly. Um, But as far as the companies, the main one I'm doing now is Palmetto Private Equity. Um, We we, uh, invested in a brewery down in Atlanta, as you can see right here, Atlantucky. Um, That is the Nappy Roots. Uh, hip hop group brewery. Yeah. Um, they were the first brick and mortar uh, minority owned brewery in Atlanta this past year in 2022. They were named that the best blows me away. Brewery. Really? The yep, first minority owned in Atlanta? In Atlanta. And they just won Best New Brewery in Atlanta 2022. So they're moving, they're coming out, they're doing well. Good stuff. We're excited for the growth to see where they go and what growth they have. And I think the sky's the limit with with them also being like the first hip hop group to actually do a brewery, not just do one-off collaborations and things like that. Yeah. Um, second project we did is coming to Greenville, South Carolina, Black Irish Brewing, which I'm doing um, with my friends, Jonathan Miller and Kenny Wood. Um, and then we've got our head brewer, Josh Caprell, and then our taproom manager, Carson Scroggs. Um, so we're going to be open this year. We've had a lot of delays and headaches and, I promise it's it's coming. Um, hopefully, we'll that's be- black Black Irish Brewery. You said what? Black Irish Brewery. Black Irish Brewing Company. Brewing um, company. We're going to be located at the uh, Hammock Street Market um, Development, aka the American Spinning Mill Development, um, yeah. over by the new extension of um, Swamp Rabbit Trail, over by Poe Mill. Yeah. Um, so that that's going to be a good thing. We're coming this year. Um, it's been a long time coming. Um, but yes, yes, those, those are the two main things, um, that I'm working on and doing right now outside of that. Um, been doing marketing for the, in August will be seven years on my own. So, yeah. Well, dude, congrats. I appreciate you sharing your story with us, Sean. And, uh, I'm sure that your story is going to make a lot of difference in people's lives. So thanks for being vulnerable. Absolutely. I certainly hope that this will, will help people inspire them to open up and, and to face whatever challenges or demons or, you know, tribulations that they're going through is, is face them head on and get through them. Life will be a lot, lot simpler, easier and happier once you do. Yeah. Let's live life together, man. That's how we were supposed to do it. Exactly. Love right. each other. Stop, too. stop isolating. 
throw your mask away. No more six feet. Hug somebody. <laughs> uh, give somebody a hug and a kiss, even if you don't know them. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we're we're past the Me Too movement, so just be careful about you do that. <laughs> give give Sean a hug and a kiss. He won't mind. There you go. Thanks for listening to the Success in South Carolina podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over. Are you still listening? Check out the next episode.